Pirates, you guys. How's it going? I'm Scott Horton. I know, I miss doing the live show. Don't you miss the live show? I'm going to get this book done, and then I'm going to see about getting back on live radio. I can't believe I missed an election year, you know? Anyway. So I'm me. This is the thing. Um, most I do interviews. ScottHorton.org slash interviews. And LibertarianInstitute.org slash ScottHortonShow. You can find all that stuff there. I'm doing some questions and answers for you here on the whole show feed. Um, I'm too lazy and stupid to splice in the ads. So uh, patronize my sponsors, would you? You know, the ones that you hear me talk about on the interviews. Um, the ones on my website. Wall Street Window and the War State and Robertson Roberts and Liberty Stickers and Go Kart Galaxy and uh, I know I'm forgetting people. But anyway, yeah, you go and do that. Thank you. Okay, so questions and answers. Uh, a date on the book. I don't have one, but I'm really near done. I was kind of holding out for one last footnote and I pretty much got it. I guess eh, I would rather have maybe two or three more of the same thing. I'm a big believer in footnote redundancy. So, yes, I'm spending sometimes days and days just on a footnote to back up another footnote I already even got, but I just want more footnotes and footnotes and footnotes. So anyway, I'm trying, and then there's still a bit more proofreading to do and comma splices to fix and stupid crap like that, so it's still not quite done yet. A little bit more writing to do, a little bit more copy editing, but... You know, I want to say a few weeks. I mean, really, though, then I have to send it to some of my best Afghanistan expert guests to read and see whether they think that I screwed up. Should probably do that before I hit publish, you know? So, a few weeks, man. A few weeks. Somebody asked me that. So this is for you. A few weeks? I hope, you know, maybe a month or something. Not too much longer than that. Okay. And then... um. I was also asked, the guy said, well, I know what my problem is with him, but I want to hear what's your beef with Rand Paul. And kind of bad timing because I just interviewed Ron a minute ago. Well, an hour ago. So I don't mean to be, you know, offensive toward the family or whatever. I'm the biggest Ron Paul fan of all. And that's my beef with Rand is I, I just can't get over that he's the son of Ron and yet lacks entirely apparently lacks the vision to see the benefit that comes that could come with taking up Ron's more libertarian positions to put it nicely principled ones the most important thing about Ron that everybody knows is he's not a liar and I'm not saying Rand is a liar but he somewhat always seems like he's trying to get you to think something. You know what I mean? He's kind of pandering to all sides. Where Ron's thing is, he really don't give a damn if you don't like it. He still tells the truth anyway. And a lot of times, you know, I think more than his libertarianism, that's what draws people to him. Is they go, hey man, finally, unbelievably, almost magically, a national level politician who's willing to just tell the truth to me? That none of them will ever tell me? I mean, you should have heard him in the interview I just did. Where he's talking on and on about the military-industrial complex and their interest in keeping the whole thing going and all these kinds of things. People don't talk like that. Not people with power. 
not people on the national level. And uh, I, you know, Rand, I think a long time ago decided if he was more moderate, he would get further. He would be more conservative. I think he thought that Ron's purity was holding him back, which in a sense it was. If he had gone along to get along, he would have had a more so-called illustrious career probably most of the time. But then the whole 2007 and 8 Ron Paul revolution would have never happened. Right? It was, um, I actually thought it was uh, the 10-year anniversary. But no, we're two months shy today of the 10-year anniversary of his big confrontation with Rudy Giuliani where Giuliani said, back down, fall in line, plead America's innocence. And he said, no, man. See, the thing of it is, the truth is, that as everybody in this room knows, we've been bombing Iraq for 10 years before we ever got attacked, bombing them from bases in Saudi, and that's why they said they were attacking us. And You know, tens of millions of Americans were like, bam, that's the truth. Giuliani who, you know, supposedly owned 9-11. People are like, man, you're wrong. Try to beat Ron Paul over the head like that. He's telling the truth. And and it wasn't even that Giuliani was lying, right? It was that Giuliani was a complete idiot. I think he was telling the truth when he said, I've never even heard that before. Bombing Iraq from Saudi Arabia, what does that have to do with 9-11? But anyway, that's what changed the world right there. And there's a great documentary if you've never seen it. Uh, it's really worth watching. It really, really is worth your time. It's called How Ron Paul Watered the Withered Tree of Liberty. Something like that. And it's like an hour and a half long. And it's man, it's really great. And it's about how he changed the world and how that moment above all did it. Because he's willing to tell the truth. Of who got us into this mess and what the problem really is. And now Rand... You know, he does some good stuff sometimes, but boy, that presidential campaign calling for defense hikes and declarations of war on ISIS and guarantee a new Kurdish state. He came out with that one week after meeting with Sheldon Adelson. And look what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump was like, I don't need Sheldon Adelson's money. He ended up taking it anyway, right? He's like, I can't be bought. I'm independent. I'm radical. I'm rogue. I'm an outsider. I don't give a damn about Sheldon Adelson. And he got far. He wasn't destroyed. Meanwhile, Rand's calculation was, boy, I better kiss Sheldon Adelson's ass and see if I can get his stamp of approval, which he didn't get anyway. And so they're just going out there and taking him on. Remember the second debate when they said, who here is willing to pledge that they will support the nominee, whoever it is? And they all raised their hand except Trump. And Rand threw a fit. And said, look at how he's not loyal to the Republican Party leadership. He's not willing to support Jeb. When Jeb wins this nomination, boo-hoo. And it was so bad, I remember watching on um, the Larry Wilmore show on the Comedy Channel the next night. The lady, she was not familiar with him at all. So it wasn't like she was attacking him in any particular way. She thought his name was Ron. She was like... Who's the guy? Was it Ron Paul out there? And they're like, no, it's Rand, his son. Oh, okay. Boy, he just seemed like the world's biggest tattletale out there. Did you see him? Teacher, teacher, he's saying the wrong answer. So she didn't even know what the substance was or care, right? This was like the most surface, just kind of impression. Little tattletale. 
Is that what you're going for? Really? And instead, here's the obvious counterfactual. Ladies and gentlemen, me and Trump are the only outsiders up here. Every other one of these guys, why, Cruz is just a plain old conservative. Rubio might as well be Bill Crystal in the Weekly Standard over here. Forget him. But the real enemy is Jeb and the Bush family that ruined everything for everyone. Ain't that right, Donald Trump? Stop Jeb, the ruiner of all things good. The brother of George W. Bush. The butcher of Baghdad. Right, Trump? And then it would have been a two-man race. The outsider senator, but son of a Paul, and the outsider billionaire from New York, but not a politician. So both of them sort of pseudo-outsiders, but close enough. And then if Rand had had Ron's platform... Hey, listen, everybody, I know Trump kind of seems like an outsider, but check out what an outsider I am. I want to close all the bases and bring all the troops home. I want to close down the central bank and get on a sound money gold standard and end the boom and bust cycle and crisis. I want to abolish the IRS Gestapo, which makes it a crime for you to engage in any trade that you have to confess to every year with a gun to your head or else. What is this, Germany or something? And then, with a platform like that, Ron, only younger and a little bit more willing to scrap with the John McCain's of the world, well, he still would have lost to Donald Trump. Let's not kid ourselves. But it would have been him versus Trump instead of Cruz versus Trump, who went the distance. And he could have, you know, picked up the ball for libertarianism and carried it another quite a few yards down the field, which was actually his mandate. And, you know, Ron's a libertarian. He appeals to everybody. Right-wing populist Trump supporter types like him and left-winger, you know, college anti-war kid type kids like him and all kind of millennials and punk rockers and gold bugs and businessmen and economists. And Ron's got something for everybody because, one, he's principled. Two, he tells the truth. Three, knows what he's talking about. He's really an expert on all this stuff. I just asked him about Korea. He talked all about Korea. He really, you know, he has a lot to go for there. So you can make a coalition out of Ron. Rand tried to pander to all sides. Oh, Christian right, you should like me for this. Israel lobby, you should like me for this. You know, whoever. I guess he went and tried to make some good sounds about criminal justice. But then it, it still just seemed like pandering. It didn't seem like he was saying, hey, man, we got to do the right thing here. Because the Sermon on the Mount or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's my brief. That's my problem with Rand is from the very beginning is he thought, well, I better only sell him about a half a run. And I think the thing is he really is. That's his true beliefs, really. So he thinks it's good strategy. He has confirmation bias that tells him, hey, he's a senator and I'm nobody. So he's got a point there, right? He got himself elected twice. And, you know, he's definitely done some good things in the Senate recently. He stopped um, John Bolton, and he may have well stopped Elliot Abrams, too. He tried last summer to push a thing to stop arming the Saudis and helping them wage the war against Yemen. So seems like he's getting a little better now that he's not running for president anymore. I just wish that he would really clue in to how Ron went. Really, all Ron needed 
was not to change who he was or what he was doing. He just needed the spotlight for a minute. He just needed one prominent fight with Rudy Giuliani to give him the platform, to give him the attention, where the American people could say, hey, man, that guy's right. So it's not that Ron was too radical. It's just that he hadn't had a chance before to get at the public at large. But once he did, blam, from zero, well, from 10 to 900 miles an hour. So that's the greatness of Ron and the failure of Rand. In fact, you know, you could say that the failure of Ron's campaign managers and tacticians and strategists is Rand's failure, too. You know, when Ron, when he was running for president, he'd go on CNN, he would say all the right stuff every time. And then his ad would come on and it was like, oh. Just running him to the right. The true conservative. When that wasn't the game, man. He was changing the whole game. He was running as libertarian as hell Ron Paul. Is what he was doing. And no, he probably still couldn't have won. But if they'd run him as that, he would have done a lot better. Instead, remember in 2008, John McCain got the anti-war votes among the Republicans. John McCain, the worst hawk. Because people thought, well, at least we know he knows about stuff like that, so he's, he'll probably be responsible. And it, in other words, they didn't know. They hadn't heard that Ron was the anti-war Republican because they didn't run him as that. In fact, they ran him as the only veteran in the race, which was great, but then the next Senate should have been, and the only one who knows that now is the time to bring our troops home. Not another one of these guys was in. You know, that kind of argument. Attack the right from the right. Anyway, so um, I don't know. There's still time for Rand. He'll be a senator probably forever, right? So maybe he'll get better. All right, and then Zachary, he was the Air Force captain I mentioned on the show the other day who um, said because of Ralph Rako and then somewhat my influence one way or another, I'm not exactly sure, but something that had to do with me, but he heard Ralph Rako on World War One, and he's like, man, war is so stupid. What am I doing? And he got out, said he could have been flying F-15 Eagles, and decided, nope, conscientious objector. Let me out of here. I'm quitting my job. Um, So that's cool, but now he's asking me, what now? And not just for him, but, geez, I don't know, for anybody in anything like his situation. What's somebody who's uh, a now a true blue libertarian, what should they do for a living? And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. If you have a real comparative advantage as a former military guy, maybe you should do some anti-war stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, I guess I think if I wasn't stuck like this, then I would want to own a business and be a capitalist myself and uh, employ people myself. Have enough money to go to the dentist myself, you know, stuff like that. So that's what I think you should do, man, is uh, figure out what you care about enough that you wouldn't mind trading in it for the next 20, 30 years, you know. Or whatever it is, I don't know. Figure out a way to practice that liberty that you care so much about. That's the real thing. And it depends on your needs, right? Depends on if you got a family and how big a one. It depends on uh, how much money you want to make, 
how much freedom to go other places you want to have or what so I don't really know I mean I guess if I had to quit this and just make money then I don't know what the hell I would do <laughs> drive an uber and hope to get big tips all right that's my questions and answers for today. It went on way too long, I know. But anyway, there you go. ScottHorton.org uh, for all the interviews and all the questions and answers sessions. If you sent me a question and I didn't answer it, then I must have forgotten, not written it down. So uh, ask me again. Check me out at ScottHorton.org slash show, ScottHorton.org slash interviews. And over at the Libertarian Institute as well. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Horton Show. Patronize my sponsors, please. Thank you. <laughs>